0: Welcome to IFA Talk, IFA Magazine's weekly podcast. IFA Talk is for professional investors only. Thank you. Thanks very much for joining us for the latest episode of IFA Talk, IFA Magazine's weekly podcast, where we talk to people who matter about the things that matter in the world of financial services. I'm Brandon Russell, online writer here at IFA Magazine, and joining me on the podcast this week is our editor, Sue Whitbread. Hi, everyone, and thanks for joining us again on this week's podcast. Brandon and I are pleased this week to welcome Caitlin Southall, and Caitlin's from Curtis Banks, pension provider. And So it's not going to be a surprise to know that we're going to be talking about pensions, but as our listeners will know, we always like to pursue a a particularly thought-provoking theme on IFA Talk, and this week it's going to be the pensions gap, but in particular we're looking at the gender pensions gap, which is something that is particularly a problem in today's society here in the UK. So Caitlin, welcome to the podcast. It's really great to, to talk to you today. Thank you very much for having me. Really excited to talk to you and the audience about the gender pension gap, the topic I'm particularly passionate about. So really looking forward to today. Oh, meet you and me both and agreed. So could I ask you then to kick us off by introducing yourself, telling us a little bit about you and a bit about Curtis Banks. Absolutely. So, Curtis Banks, we specialise in self-invested pensions, so particularly SIPs and SASs, and we're one of the UK's largest independent SIP and SAS providers. And we specialise in a variety of different investment types, and we have a significant amount of expertise and experience within the company uh, to support clients on their retirement journey. Myself, I've been with uh, Curtis Banks for just coming up to 11 years, uh, the majority of which time was spent in the commercial property team. Uh, So specifically dealing with uh, commercial property acquisition and disposal and technical inquiries relating to the world of commercial property and pensions. Uh, And since then, I've moved into a a technical role. So supporting uh, advisors and also uh, our internal teams with uh, with technical support. So hopefully many of the advisors listening in today will know of Curtis Banks and may well know of you too. (laughs) (laughs) like Sue said Caitlin we're really looking forward to talking about gender pension uh, gender pension gap today can we start by asking you to tell us firstly what do we mean by the gender pension gap uh more importantly what do you see as the main implications and consequences of it absolutely so the gender pension gap is the difference between average private pension between men and women around normal minimum pension age and the gender pensions gap is inextricably linked to the gender pay gap So to put it really simply, women tend to earn less than men over the course of their career. And so their ability to save to their retirement is likewise affected. And to put it into context, women have around a third of the pension wealth of men at age 65. And there are a number of reasons for this. So to pull out a couple of maybe the more prominent reasons, one major factor aside from lower earnings over career is is career breaks. So women are statistically more likely to take career breaks for childcare and caring responsibilities, and that can have a direct impact on the amount they earn and also therefore their ability to save to their retirement. Now, of course, I acknowledge that uh, there will be households where men and dads and parental care responsibilities are shared or perhaps It may not be the women that are providing the care or childcare responsibilities, but just statistically, they are more likely to have that role. And they're also statistically more likely, or less likely, sorry, to seek financial advice. So it wouldn't be unreasonable to assume that some women may have a lower financial confidence or financial literacy, and that could impact decisions they make in the build-up to their retirement, um, as well as their investment choices and the overall pension uh, gender disparity. And the obvious consequence of the gender pension gap is that women have less in their retirement. Um, So they have less pension at the point they come to take their income, lump sum, however they decide to access their pension. And that can have the potential knock-on effect in terms of quality of life and particularly in today's economy, cost of living concerns. So it's a very real problem that we need to address and we need to narrow that gap and we need to do it quickly. I'm staggered at that actually Caitlin a third of the pension wealth at 65 that's a big big gap isn't it definitely yes and it, it's showing no real signs of narrowing either um, yeah. so it is a problem now and unless action is taken and, and changes are made it's a problem that's likely to remain But well, let's let's progress on that theme then so what can we do about it what what can be done by the industry and by advisors who are the audience we're talking to today to actually address this gap and to help women as, as well as men too, of course, because there's a big pensions gap on, on of, of across the range uh, to actually protect and grow their retirement savings. Absolutely. So the, the government have made some changes uh, announced in their spring budget earlier this year. So Jeremy Hunt's reform on childcare was announced uh, in, in April this year and that was the announcement that the government will provide additional childcare hours from children from nine months and that comes into force in April 2024 and this might offer the opportunity for, or a better opportunity, for women to return to the workforce sooner and therefore increase pension contributions over a longer term. However, we can't disregard the fact that childcare costs remain prohibitive. So the average cost of childcare in the UK works out at around £14,000 a year per child in full-time care um, and allowing parents the tools to re-enter or enter the workforce following particularly parental career breaks will be shorter reducing that overall pensions gender gap and another major step that we can take forward is, is better financial education um, so women are less likely to seek financial advice and a big gap in my mind here is, is financial education in schools, so starting that financial education early, and that just doesn't focus on pensions, it could uh, span a, a range of financial matters, mortgages, investments, uh, protectionism, insurance, so it could be a really wide-ranging uh, number of topics covered. And. Also, we shouldn't offer, uh, ignore the opportunity that employers have here as well to educate their workforce around pensions and, and not just simply taking a passive, of pensions via auto enrolment. So they have the opportunity maybe to bring in external financial advisors to support their workforce or to provide education. And that education piece is going to be critical in terms of, of recognising what's available to everyone when it comes to saving for retirement. So a major step forward we could take is in relation to financial education. I'm a big advocate for this. So women are less likely to seek financial advice and a great step would be financial education. So that could start in schools. That could be rolling out financial education across a whole host of different financial matters. Uh, insurance, it could be protections, it could be mortgages and pensions could form part of that. And it provide building blocks on which we could grow more specific specific information about how to save towards your retirement, what your retirement options are, and also what your pot might look like if you save x amount per year. So it gives people a realistic snapshot of what their pension might look like when they do come to retire. And as part of that there is also an opportunity for employers as well to educate their workforce and they might decide to bring in external financial advisors to help support them whether that be through providing direct advice or alternatively providing education. So we've got the new consumer duty regulations that have just come into uh, place in July this year as well. And that's a really good opportunity for us to address the gender pensions gap. And the need for financial communications to be clear, understandable and not to cause harm to consumer offers a real refocus of the financial services market towards providing better outcomes for consumers. So there is an opportunity there to make pensions more understandable, and they maybe do have. Uh, there are certain perceptions that maybe pensions are quite complicated. There is some jargon involved with when it comes to pensions, and and the government have complicated legislation and regulations that do apply. So maybe stripping that back to basics and giving clear, understandable financial education and communications would be a great opportunity for women to have access to the information they need to make the right decisions in their retirement. You are listening to IFA Talk, IFA Magazine's weekly podcast. Subscribe to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to be notified as soon as a new episode becomes available. And follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter and Instagram at IFA Magazine. And with that, you mentioned the role of government. Do you think the UK government is doing enough to address the gap? The honest answer is no, probably not. And uh, Jeremy Hunt's reforms around childcare are likely to make a difference, but noting the current gap, and as we've mentioned, around a third of pension for women, um, as opposed to their male counterparts, there is still work to do here and more wholesale reform. So the auto-enrolment rules uh, need to be revisited. They are a one-size-fits-all solution to a very varied and diverse problem. Now, the eligibility for auto enrolment currently starts at £10,000 per year income for one single role. And statistically, far more women are less likely to meet that criteria and go into auto enrolment with their employers than their male counterparts. So a potential solution here is to either reform or to expand that existing auto enrolment legislation to better capture Part-time, lower-income workers, or self-employed, and statistically, women are more likely to fall into those categories. And fundamentally, that auto-enrolment legislation is in place to encourage people to stay towards their retirement. So there's a, a positive message there. And it's not about removing that legislation; it's just about reform to make it more suitable for a, a, a wider, uh, wider base. The other thing that auto enrolment is not particularly flexible for is people taking career breaks. And as we've already established, women are more likely to take career breaks for various reasons than men. So there may be an opportunity there, again, widening that auto enrolment legislation. um, And if that reform could be more flexible to allow more people to be captured under auto enrolment, that might provide a great opportunity for women to build better pots uh, towards Mm -hmm. their retirement. To, we're rounding off far too quickly here for my liking and some of the things you've talked about financial education really do resonate with me too. Um, and I wondered then if we could close off by looking at why you think it is that women are, are so much less likely to get financial advice and, and how can the advice profession actually focus on, on improving that in the months and years ahead? Yes, yeah, so absolutely women are, are less likely statistically to get financial advice. And the FCA have recently released the Financial Lives Survey um, mm-hmm. earlier in 2023, and that flags that women are almost 50% more likely to have low financial confidence and low financial resilience than men. So arguably, that would transition into getting financial advice. And it's reasonable to assume that there might have been a historical gender stereotype when it comes to finance and money. It may have been typically perceived to be more of a... Um, a, a male role to deal with financial matters and there is a, a possibility that that is still playing through in generations that we we have uh, today now another factor just to consider here is that according to the fca 84 percent of financial advisors are men which means only 16 percent are women and there might be some women that are more comfortable or would prefer to speak to a financial advisor who is who has gone through maybe a similar situation maybe they've gone through career breaks or maybe they're just more comfortable dealing with um, with, with a, a female financial advisor. Mm-hmm. So noting that, there is also potentially a, a wider piece to consider here about encouraging women into the financial services space and into the financial advice space, which we, we won't delve into too much today because that's a whole other topic. Yes. But um, <laughs> we're seeing lots of really positive news in that environment. So that may be a factor as to why women have not sought financial advice uh, presently. Mm-hmm. And in terms of, of closing that advice gap, um, there is perhaps the opportunity we've talked about education and making things more simple if if potentially there is a, um, a lower financial re- resilience and lower financial confidence. It's just about making financial services uh, accessible. So I think that's a, a huge piece and something advisors are already doing. Um, and it's just a case of continuing that work. Mm. Gosh, indeed, with with the cost of living crisis as well, Caitlin, and all of those issues that you've raised very clearly today, I think there are a number of issues that need to be tackled, and, and for our audience listening today who are in a position to be able to do that, whether it's their clients, their, the offspring of their clients, or the offspring of those offspring, then just thinking about how we can between us all, start to get things moving to close this gap because really something needs to change. Caitlin, thank you very much for for sharing that insight with us today. It's been really, really useful. Thank you very much for having me. Really appreciate the opportunity. IFA Talk is for investment professionals only. All material has been carefully checked for accuracy, but no responsibility can be accepted for inaccuracies. Whatever appropriate, independent research and whatever necessary, legal advice, should be sought before acting on any information contained in this podcast and value of investments and income from them can go down as well as up. You may not get back the amount you originally invested.